0: one says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a Dynasty Debate. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in to the Dynasty Debates, episode 20. That's right, no longer a teenage podcast, now a young adult podcast. I am just, I'm just so proud, Soup's excited. I am your humble host, Evan Brown, the Humblest host some might say. You can catch me on Twitter at FF Evan like revolution only with my name, get it? Uh, or you can follow the show at Dynasty Debates. You can drop us an email, dynastydebates at gmail.com, if you have any questions or comments. Guys, we have an incredible show lined up for you. Not going to lie, episode 20 is going to be all killer, no filler. I want to introduce to you my good buddy. No-nonsense Nick, I call him. He's got some serious heat that he's bringing anytime he's on any show or his own show. You can catch him on Twitter at p 2 w fantasy. He is the P2W Podcast Meister himself. He is a contributor at fantasy points live, and he even does a bit of writing at bear goggles on, you know, what's happening. We're going to be talking Chicago bears later. We'll not hold it against him, though. Even though I am a Minnesota Vikings fan, no comment, but Nick, how the heck are you, buddy?
1: Very good. Very good. I'm very excited to be on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited that it's episode 20. That's my, that's my number. That was my uh, college soccer number. So that means something to me, but, uh, yeah excited to talk about uh, some good stuff here today glad to link up with you
0: man there you go it was meant to be it was serendipitous word of the day look that up later um but yeah no it's it's awesome man it's awesome to have you on and i always enjoy your content because like i said um no nonsense nick you're just straight to business you got a lot of facts and stats and figures you're not too much um frill and fluff and and kind of banter you're kind of like the uh antithesis of me so guys in the episode today as you probably know from the title you know if you can read which i think that's probably about 80 percent of you um we are going to be covering rb1s from 2021 so in dynasty obviously you can't just draft someone new every year you got to stick with who you got so we're going to talk to the guys that finished in the rb1 category what we're doing with them in dynasty we're also going to do a deep dive on the chicago bears but first and foremost we've got to do what we do every week Spilling the tea. Last week, we talked about Black Monday and all of the coaches who got the boot. And there was one or two coaches. There was actually, we hadn't, when we recorded, Joe Judge had not officially gotten sacked yet. He is now gone. I did want to just bring up because I feel like it is an injustice and I want to give him a moment of recognition here that the Houston Texans fired David Culley. And I just want to go on record as saying, I think that is injustice at its finest. He had, in my opinion, by far the worst job um, last year given to him, uh, literally, no offense, but some bums that he was coaching—that he was actually supposed to line up on an NFL field with a bunch of guys who couldn't even make it on other teams, were cut constantly, or one-year jobs handed out to guys who were practically in the retirement line. Um And he, he did a pretty good job. If I, if memory serves me, I think he won as many games last year as Deshaun Watson won with his last year playing for the Texans. So, to me, I think it's pretty crappy of them to, um, to just give him the heave ho after one year, but. It is what it is. Um, he's another one who's now gone. Not a lot of news there. Just wanted to highlight. Um, we have again started to hear the rumblings. Russell Wilson wants to quote unquote explore options this offseason. So another offseason full of drama. If you're a Seahawks fan, sounds like it. And I just wanted to highlight this because there's not a whole lot of news. Everything's focused on the NFL playoffs right now and rightfully so. But 25% of the league is looking for a new head coach. That Great. is wild. And um, Nick, I'll throw it to you here in a minute. But to me, I think that's something that, you know, I think a lot of dynasty players fall into just kind of some different camps. There's people who want to just say, you know, talent over everything and talent over situation. And, and I get that. And I agree with it to some extent, but um, there is a really big factor about who the head coach is and what impact they have on the team. What kind of um, a new head coach coming in sometimes can maybe, fall not be interested in certain players maybe um that were there before wants to build their own roster their own direction so it's certainly something not saying you need to freak out and panic and 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 ditch anybody that you have on a team just because a new coach takes over sometimes it can be a good thing a good change um possibly as for the chicago bears we'll talk about later but Mm -hmm. um what are your take on that i mean that's that's my personal take what are your thoughts on when coaches um find new homes in the nfl
1: i think you know it, it is important to a, a good extent. Like we're, we're never going to say, you know, this guy's going to drop my dynasty rankings now because this coach got hired, but we've seen plenty of times where uh, some guys come into a system, look at urban Meyer with the Jaguars. He didn't want to use James Robinson too much. And, and we saw as soon as urban Meyer was out of the system, James Robinson was touching the ball like 16 to 20 times again. And we see guys that are defensive minded coaches, uh, that focus on running the ball. Uh, we saw that with uh, Fangio and Denver and they didn't really establish much of a passing game that hurts Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. I mean there, there definitely is some some impacts. I do want I do want to say uh, just like a minor event about David Cully with the uh, Texans beat the Jags twice, beat the Titans and the Chargers. They had one score games between the Patriots, Dolphins, Jets, Titans a second time. So I, I was confused because I was wondering, you you said it yourself that was a pretty poor roster. What do they expect this guy to do? I thought I thought he did a really nice job actually compared to uh, what he had uh, to deal with.
0: Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree with you on that one, Nick. Because honestly. Before the season started, everybody had them pegged for the one one you know, they just thought they oh, were yeah. going to be literally a laughing stock. They thought they were going to be the whipping boys of the NFL and they were not that at all. They became in the second half of the season, they were not a fun team to go up against. You didn't want to go and play the Texans. Um, Davis Mills looked really good. Brandon Cooks killed it. They managed to get a running game going. I mean, he even managed to, um, you know, get me knocked out of the semifinals with his yeah. usage of Rex Burkhead. So, you know, appreciate that. Thanks very much. I mean, maybe, you know what, now that I've thought about it, you're right. Maybe we should sack David golly <laughs> because that was, in, and that was not fun. I didn't enjoy getting kicked out of the semifinals because of Rex freaking Burkhead. As you can see, I've, I've got over that. Um, but, guys, we have so much great stuff to talk about here. No more dilly-dally. On with the show. The main event. bye so we are talking 2021 RB1s. Where Are we buying? Are we selling? Are we holding? What are we going to do with these running backs? And, you know, as I was thinking about this show, Nick, I realized something. I realized that a good, an elite, a really, really good running back is, is a lot like a leprechaun. Okay, now hear me out. Hear me out on this. All right. They're very hard to get your hands on. They're worth their weight in gold. And they disappear in the blink of an eye. so an an elite running back is like a leprechaun that's what i'm going to start off with that's what i'm kicking it off with we're going to talk running backs we're going to talk value we're going to talk what are we doing with these guys in dynasty are we trying to trade for them and acquire them are we trying to hold on to them for dear life or are we trying to get out while the getting is good so first up the rb1 i'll what i'll do let me just throw it out to you this way nick I'll run through the kind of stats, the figures, the facts, then I'll toss it to you, get your thoughts, and then I'll maybe just come back in and sort of dovetail on all your genius thoughts. Sure, sure. Okay, so first and foremost, we have the RB1, Jonathan Taylor, finished with 22.5 points per game. He is 22... As we speak, but he's actually turning 23 on the 19th. Happy early birthday, Jonathan! I know you're listening. Big fan. Um, he's under his rookie contract until 2024, so he should be there for the next couple of years. And value-wise, we're looking at all these players. I'm going to base on a 12-team superflex tight end premium league just for the simple fact of. That's mostly what I play in. Now, obviously, things to bear in mind when we're talking about rookie picks and how much they're worth, things like that. So, in a super flex league, um, you know that the values are slightly different. So, if you're talking about like one early first in a super flex league, it might be you know a first and a second in a one QB league because it it sort of shallow[s] the the pool's a bit shallower of talent because you're not taking as many quarterbacks in your rookie draft, etc. So, just want to throw that out there. But in, in for dynasty trade calculator, which is where I sort of go a lot of times, either the um, either the, the the dynasty nerds you know dynasty gm or the dynasty trade calculator kind of give me a, a ballpark estimate for values dtc talks about uh 12 team superflex tight end premium 55.5 is a value which that might sound very high and it is very high so if you wanted to trade for jonathan taylor right now in a 12 team superflex league you're probably going to need to shell out at least two very early firsts. i i'm talking like you're gonna to need to give somebody the 101 and the 103, something like that. Um, in Dynasty Nerds, he is ranked as the RB1 in my personal uh, Dynasty rankings. He is the RB1, so what we like to call a consensus in the business. Nick, what are your thoughts on Jonathan Taylor? Besides the fact that I'm sure you love him, where you got him in Dynasty? Are you buying? Are you selling? Are you holding?
1: Yeah. So for uh, first and foremost for the show, I I I hate to see sometimes you know the the notion that. Uh, this player is untouchable. And if there was somebody that that would be untouchable in dynasty, Jonathan Taylor might be one of those guys, but it's, that's a a, a fallacy. I I think every player, if you get the right deal, I mean, can, can, can be dealt me personally. I have some Jonathan Taylor. Am I looking to sell him? Probably not. To be honest. Uh, I think like you say, uh, RB one for your rankings, my rankings, probably all of the big sites, um, To see what he did this year was very, very impressive. Weeks four through 15, he scored in every single game. He had four multi-touchdown games on the year. And the scary thing was he had 89 attempts in the red zone this year. The second most attempts was 49, which is crazy. So he had 40 more attempts than the second guy. So you read off that he had 18 rushing touchdowns. That could have been a lot more, which is kind of scary looking forward because it could be even more the next season. And then, uh, to, to note that he had uh, 21.9 touches per game says everything. So this is a guy that's touching the ball a ton, very efficient on the ground. Um, he is the RB one in dynasty. Uh, if you were to try to sell him, you would have to have somebody pay a ridiculous amount. You, you mentioned two very early first, I would need much, much more for Jonathan Taylor personally.
0: Yeah. I think you, you nailed it there. Um, you know, as, as far as the value wise, I mean, I think, too early first, especially in this draft class, probably not going to get it done because I've been digging into running backs a little bit, funny enough, for my scouting for um for the upcoming class. I've been looking at running backs and there's a lot of actually decent running backs. There's some guys I really like, but there's no Jonathan Taylors in there that I can see, and there's no Christian McCaffrey's, there's no kind of elite generational talents. So absolutely, um, I would want more than just straight up two firsts. But saying that, what I would say to give your counterpoint and to kind of go along with what you said. For me, I don't want to sound, this isn't a hot take. I'm not trying to be spicy or controversial, but for me, I am absolutely 100% with you and comfortable selling JT. And the reason being, not because I don't think he's amazing, not because I don't think he's going to be incredible for your team, but Dynasty is all about values, especially in the offseason. It's about value. It's a game of values. It's about playing the market, playing the field. And right now, like you said, you can probably get... Um, you know someone's car their firstborn child a couple months mortgage payment um and 17 firsts for jonathan taylor so i would certainly i would field offers i would say that i would field offers see what people are willing to pay people go crazy for running backs like i said with my leprechaun analogy that's why i said they're worth their weight in gold is because people go crazy especially in the off season they want that rb1 on their team Absolutely. Anytime a running back is the RB one, the consensus RB one, I'm always open to the idea of uh, of moving off of him. Is that fair enough, Nick? Or do you have any sort of counterpoints that you want to add? I to think that?
1: it's no. I think it's completely fair. At the end of the day, if you can shape your roster to be completely different in a positive way from one piece, then then it is what it is. But it, it, you just have to be careful sometimes with. With what you are, you know, hitting that accept button on
0: something else that I always say, especially if you're selling, um, if you're trading away elite level talent, something I always tell people is I personally just never accept just picks for elite talent. I always want a mixture of picks and players because um, picks can be anything; they can end up being garbage. You know, you can end up with three firsts for a player and think you've just made out like a bandit, but those three firsts turn into Nikhil, Harry, and Jaw and Rager, and yeah, then you're yeah. just crying and wishing that you had just stuck with redraft. So if you're going to trade away somebody like Jonathan Taylor, absolutely. Um, Ideally, you probably want a real stud up and coming running back plus some picks. But moving right along here, RB2 on the season, Austin Eckler. What a legend. He is, so he's 26 years old, so he's a little bit older. He is on his second contract. He averaged 21 points per game. He is under contract still until 2024 with the Chargers. He comes in in the Dynasty Trade Calculator at a 31.2, which would be a very early first. So if you could give someone the 101 or the 102, they might be tempted off of Austin Eckler right about now. Uh, for Dynasty, uh, Dynasty Nerds ranking, he's RB10. Uh, my personal rankings, he's RB9, so slightly ahead. Throw to you, Nick. What do you think of Austin Austin Eckler?
1: So I, I've, I've historically been a, a really, really big Austin Eckler stand. Uh, I think it was last season was my first year creating content and my hot take was Eckler, I'm not kidding, was going to finish as the RB2. And I got a lot of stick for that at the time and I was a year too early on it. Uh, but with Eckler, one one of the big signs that's not talked about enough this year for Eckler is the, so we had 11 rushing touchdowns during the, uh, the fantasy season. He had 12 Across the regular season. So what, what's not talked about enough, though, is that is very that's that's a great sign for him because from 2017 through 2020, he only had nine total rushing touchdowns throughout his career. So for this year, for him to shift and actually get those looks in, you know, at the goal line and in the red zone to run the ball, that's a good sign. He's not a guy that's going to go over 100 yards too often. He only did it one time this year. He's usually in like the 50s and 60s range for rushing attempts, but you have to like the connection he has with Justin Herbert. And when Justin Herbert came into the league, the big question was, you know, what's Austin Eckler's value going to be? Because in college, Justin Herbert was not a dump off sort of a quarterback. He wasn't a guy that just overly targeted the running back, but he, he gets a lot of targets from him. Eight games of five plus catches. He was second in receptions only to Najee Harris. So I'm, um, I'm a big fan of Austin Eckler, but you have to understand what sort of player he is, right? He's he's a pass catching running back. He is great for PPR leagues. Um, You mentioned in early first, I probably would want more because three years from now, will Eckler be a top five running back? I, I don't know. Will he be that guy next season? I think so. I think so. So knowing that the value will be similar next season
0: yeah and I I'm definitely a big a big Eckler fan myself I actually put out something on Twitter recently where I was kind of looking back I, I like something I like to do at the end of the season is go back and look at my projections you know before the season just to see like how close was I where did I miss what did I get wrong what did I get right and Eckler I was actually really close on a couple of things I was actually really under on his touchdowns because like you said I was not expecting him to get all that goal line work I sort of was expecting the opposite maybe he does all the work to get them there and then they give Justin Jackson or or you know one of these other backs, one Round of these Tree other fifteen somebody, other yeah. you know <laughs> random dudes that they've got, um, Larry Roundtree or something like that. You know, gets the goal line work. Sadly, but it was really great to see that. And I'm still in on Eckler for sure in Dynasty. Um, I, I know that age does worry me with running backs, but he's one of those running backs that. You know, he doesn't have necessarily as much wear and tear on, on on the tires there because for a long time he was sort of the backup to Melvin Gordon. Um, you know, he was more the passing down, third down role sort of like that. So now that he's stepped into that mean role, the offense, um, things that I do really like about him is there isn't a clear cut handcuff that worries me you know I'm not worried about I, I think Justin Jackson is a fine running back he's okay he worked he, he looked well in the offense when Eckler was out for a game there but he doesn't overly worry me I'm not worried about Justin Jackson stealing his job uh, Larry Roundtree hardly got any work Kelly doesn't look great uh, so yeah I'm not worried about the backups if I'm in any way sort of a contender which one of the things I would always sort of suggest is if you're not a contender if you're rebuilding or you're kind of lower down and that's not your, your focus I wouldn't really be looking to acquire running backs necessarily Necessarily in the offseason um, that would be my take on it um, because of their short lives um, short shelf lives with uh, within the fantasy football you know power rankings that's just me but um, yeah absolutely if I'm in the middle of the pack and I'm trying to make a move or if I'm a contender and I can get him for a first or a first and something else little on top absolutely I would be looking to do that uh, moving on then to a younger running back who. We knew he was going to have a good year, but I think it was maybe even a slight surprise to people how good of a year he had was Najee Harris, the rookie uh, out of Alabama. He finishes the RB3 with 18.2 points per game. He's only 23 years old, which is, you know, fairly old for some rookies, but he's obviously quite young compared to guys like Eckler, Cook, things like that. He's under his rookie contract till 2025. Dynasty trade calculator value comes in at a 384 So again, we're just trying to give you a ballpark, you know, where you could start with. We're talking an early first and and maybe a mid second. So you're going to have to give up a first and a second to get into the conversation possibly on Dynasty Nerds. He's the RB four for their rankings. He's my RB six, which again is not a knock on him. I don't think he's terrible or anything like that. I just that's just where I have him RB six. So before I give any more thoughts, I'm going to throw it. I'm going to flip the script. You see what I did there Uh, over to Nick and he's going to give us his in-depth analysis on Najee.
1: Yeah, so, you know, there, there's, there's some concerns about him moving forward and the concerns that I've, you know, uh, listened to or I was going to say, you know, I'm thinking about Twitter and I don't listen on Twitter, I, I read tweets. But um, some of the things I've, I've seen about Najee is, you know, well, Big Ben's gone and he might not, you know, the next guy might not target him the same and this team might shift around. And it, it seems like some people have this weird belief that, this was like his, his ceiling year for some reason in his rookie season. And I think that's wild to me because you've mentioned it several times. The offensive line was terrible this year, but he still had five games of 90 plus rushing yards. He has three over a hundred yards with an offensive line of, of me, you and a couple other guys. So uh, to think that the Steelers will not build on their O-line is crazy to me because I think that's going to be a main focus of their off season is addressing the O-line, obviously the quarterback situation as well. Do we not think that there's a possibility that the next quarterback is going to be better than 2021 Big Ben? That's another weird one to me because he wasn't great. Uh, I think knowing that Najee is a great pass catcher, number one in receptions this year, they're going to keep that involved no matter who the quarterback is. And what I really, really like about Harris as well, but Najee, 83.8% of the snaps That's what he averaged for the year. So that means that it was him and pretty much nobody else. So what I like is the opportunity for a top three guy to get a better O-line, a better quarterback. He has no competition and he gets it done on the ground and in the air. I'm a huge Najee Harris fan. If I'm, if I don't have Harris and, and the manager in the league is concerned that big Ben's gone, the Steelers won't get better. I'm targeting Najee on the flip side, to be honest.
0: Yeah. I love that because, um, I, for, for many reasons, I want to break that down quickly, what you talked about here. So uh, there's a kind of a common theme, a thread coming through here in some of our talk, which hopefully people, the listeners are picking up on, which is, you know, we talked about a lot of coaches changing and a lot of coaches stylistically, what do they prefer? What do they do? Well, for me, Mike Tomlin is one of the best coaches in the entire league. Yeah. And he is, he's an incredible coach. What he's a, accomplished with, you know, with, with some subpar play at times from different players, even just getting him to the playoffs this year is a bit of a testament, in my opinion, to, to Mike Tomlin and his leadership. Yeah. And so, for example, we know that Mike Tallman is still going to be there from all intents and purposes. I've not heard anything different. And you know who Mike Tomlin had years ago before you know we talk about all this was Lev Bell. And we look back at Lev Bell's rookie year you know, even his sophomore year. I mean, he had 244 attempts. He had 290 attempts his sophomore year. He got 66 targets his rookie year. And then he followed that up with 105 targets his sophomore year. And this is, we're talking 2013, 2014. Mike Tomlin has a history of using a bell cow running back. And to your point as well, with running backs specifically, in my opinion, um, you know the, the phrase opportunity is king gets thrown around a lot but I really agree with it when it comes to running backs and when you're talking opportunity Najee was number one in the entire NFL for listen to this not just one or two like he was number one for snaps he was number one for opportunity he was number one for targets he was number one for receptions and he was number one for routes run pretty good so number one I mean he's so put to put it to put it nicely then he's he's top two and he's not number two um so he's he's, you know number one doesn't get any better than that so even if you're not huge Najee believer you need to buy into the um to the opportunity um and if you are on a rebuild and you have Najee, do not sell low don't you know if you need to wait until the first game or two of the season for everyone to realize how good Najee still is and how much opportunity he's still going to get and then flip him do that because do not sell low you don't want to do that bad news Moving on to number four, we've got a very controversial running back. You either love him or you hate him. He's much like Marmite over here. I'm not sure what the equivalent is over there where you are, but it's Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon finished as the RB4 with 18 points per game. He is only 25 years old, which to me is so weird. It feels like he's 30. It feels like he's been in the league forever, but he's only 25 years old. He is under contract until 2025, so he did have that extension there last year um his dynasty trade calculator value is 31.3 so again a very early first you're talking like the 101 in dynasty nerds he is the rb11 for them this is kind of spicy but he's actually my rb4 at the minute um we can get into that a little bit later once Nick has told me how wrong I am. Over to Nick here, and he's going to tell us what he thinks about the RB4. Uh,
1: I'll say that Mixon was one of my my biggest whiffs. I will say that before um, the season started, I wasn't very high in Mixon. I uh, had a lot of doubts, um, and I've you know i said this openly that I, I was wrong in my process for Mixon. Uh, it's a good offense um, when you have guys like Chase and Higgins that can open up the field the way that they do that really, really helps Joe Mixon. So I can definitely understand being high in him for dynasty because when all of the focus isn't on Joe Mixon and now it's on Jamar chase and, and T Higgins and that guy, Tyler Boyd is okay too. Uh, I think that really, really helps Joe Mixon's, um, ability to, uh, to, to find space on the field. My only concerns with, uh, with him, he, he had great season, six games of 25 plus fantasy points for PPR. That, that was great. Um, the, the, some of the concerns was the last five games in a row, uh, he rushed for under four yards per carry. So his efficiency on the ground was a little iffy towards the last half of the season, um, but I know he's a bit banged up. And the other thing that I, I, I would like to see change for him is the, uh, the receiving work, because there's some games where he gets the receiving work and he, he scored three uh, receiving touchdowns. But we also saw games weeks two through five, week seven, week 11, week 13, week 15, he had zero or one catch. So I know that they added another pass catcher, but he, he's a guy that can do it. So I would just hope that maybe that aspect of the game gets a little bit more consistent, which is tough when you got three really good wide receivers, but um, good season. He's on a good offense. And I think he's set up to be successful for, for a while. Um, again, I, I'll probably be a little bit, I probably won't be super, super high, like a top five guy next season, but I can definitely understand anybody who says it because there's, there's the biggest case to make for it. So I, I do get it. I do get it. That RB four is high, but I get it. It makes sense.
0: <laughs> it, it is to be fair. It is high. And to your point, um, I don't even feel a hundred percent comfortable with them at RB four, but I find RBs at the minute, very strange I've been going through my RB rankings. And there's just like, it's just oh. a weird year where there's like, after like the first 3 you're kind of like, uh, there's about six that you could like flip flop and switch around and move around. So he'll probably come down my rankings a little bit just because he is an amazing runner. That's one of the reasons why I have him up so high is because sometimes you look at some players and for me, Um, just me personally, my personal opinion, you know, you look at somebody like Najee and what I love about Najee is I love the opportunity. I'm not saying he's not a talented runner, but I always thought, for example, Javonta Williams was a more talented runner than Najee Harris. That's just my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, opportunity is king, whereas Mixon is is just one of the, in my opinion, more talented running backs in the league. He's very good at what he does. Um, And so I like that about him. I like that it's an elite offense, an ascending offense with Joe Burrow, like you mentioned, you know, and he does get a lot of opportunities. Number three in carries, number seven and um, opportunity share, so those are all really positive things. But but to that to the point of the show, what we're talking about here, what are we doing with him? I'm 100 fine moving off him. Uh, just to be clear here, I mean I'm 100 fine if you can get somebody who's really excited. Uh, maybe they're a, a closet mix and truther, and they were nervous about it, and now that he's had a great season, they're all in again. If you can move down, you know, a rung or two and get a younger running back and some draft capital on top of it, I'm 100 fine if you're if you're middle of the pack or even if you're re re tooling you know i don't want to see rebuilding but if you're a contending team and you're getting a bit older and you want to look to to move down a little bit get a bit younger i would be personally 100 fine with that Uh, now moving on to our next player this is probably the first one that we're going to talk about that is you know definitely seems like an anomaly um we're talking about lombardi lenny here so he actually finished surprisingly rb5 even though he was only able to compete in 14 games just shows you how how great of a season he was having it was pretty fantastic what a value in the off season or if he did any startups before the draft um he averaged 18.3 points per game now he is 26 years old um he is a free agent this 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 off season so they only gave him a one year deal which i find very interesting um i think that'll be very impactful on his value uh moving forward to see what kind of deal he gets and where he lands so at the moment on Dynasty Check Calculator, we're looking at a 7.5, 7.5, which would really be about a mid-second. So you could probably throw out a second-round pick and get him um, to, in some leagues or some some in some uh, in some circumstances, depending on how nervous maybe the person is if they've seen him go down to injury and the buck's t- ticking right along without him, things like that. In Dynasty Nerds' rank, he's RB24. My personal rank, he's RB26. But again, he did have a fantastic year. And in honesty, it, for me personally, when I watched him play, I thought he looked better this year than he has for a couple of years. So that was pretty interesting to see. Over to you. What are your thoughts on lombardi Lenny?
1: I think uh, Leonard Fournette is a good example of paying attention to, um, I think it's a learning point to a degree because it's paying attention to guys who have done it before. And, you know, Cooper Cup's another good example because these, you know, a lot of people will say like, I can't believe the type of year that, you know, Leonard Fournette had or Cooper Cup had, which Cooper Cup had and. An unbelievable year, so I'm not going to take anything away from him. But Cooper Cup was once a top, I think, five wide receiver at one point, I think two years ago. Leonard Fournette spent two years in Jacksonville at some point as a top 10 running back when he had the work. So when he got the work on another good team, not a good – I mean, I'm not saying Jacksonville was that good back then. But uh, when he (laughs) did get the work, I mean, we've seen it before. We've seen it before. So, um, you know, I'm not saying I was uh, RB5 high in Leonard Fournette – but uh, it was surprising that you know he had the workhorse role on a team that had Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn and uh, Gio Bernard. There's a bunch of running backs that can play. And there were some games he had 80% of the snaps. So that says enough right there. I think for his value, I think it's, I think it's going to be important that Tom Brady's back next year. And I'm assuming that he's going to be back. But I, I would think that they would bring him back on another year deal to stay attached to Tom Brady because I think, Tom really likes him. I think it's just very evident through the passing work. He, he's voiced things about him before, um, but for the long run, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it really depends on the state of your dynasty team. I just won in two leagues, two home leagues this year for, for dynasty. If I have them and I want to run it back, I'll probably keep them. If I don't think I'm going to win the next year, though, I think right now after an RB5 season, I would probably tr- be trying to uh, to move on from him. And and you mentioned a mid-second. I think you can get more right now because I think you can really sell that, hey, he's the RB5. I bet you he comes back and he's going to be with Brady again. And that's going to interest somebody who wants to take a shot at winning the championship. So, uh, again, hats off to him. He was great this year, both running and catching the ball. His value, I think you can, you can get something for him uh, more than a second just because um, – I would assume he'd be back next year.
0: Yeah, I think the, the move there, if you're wanting to move off him, is just wait until he does sign back up. Maybe you know, as yeah, soon as that news I comes mean. out, oh, he's ha- he signed another year contract. Then it'll be a good chance he'll get a little boost in in value there. So I think that would be good. So we come to the part of the show which is very sad for me. We're going to talk about one of my favorite running backs who is quickly falling from grace, and it's very devastating. So none other than Ezekiel Elliott, who surprisingly to some people probably uh, because it feels like he had a really bad season finishes the RB six. So he still managed to get 15.1 points per game. He is 26 years old and he is on one of the most ridiculous contracts known to man. So technically he's not a free agent until 2027. Um, But to be fair, they do have a fairly easy out after 2025, but I would say he's probably going to be there at least next year, if not the year after um, based on that contract, unless he just completely falls apart. So a dynasty trade calculator, he's on an 18.2, which is about a mid first again in a super flex league. Uh, he's the RB 12 and dynasty nerds RB 14 for me, sadly, Nick, what are your thoughts on Zeke?
1: It was interesting that uh, I think they came out and said he he's been dealing with a, like a PCL injury, which stands for something that I, I'm not familiar with. Uh, but um, it, it, it was, it seemed like such a down year for a guy that was still uh, the RB six, you know, uh, just because I feel like we expected, what we've seen in the past and, and and a good example of what I mean by that is before week 18, he had 10 straight games under 55 rushing yards. That's not Zeke, man. I mean, that's, that's not what we expect out of Zeke because he does get a ton of work and and now seeing, you know, some of the major sites, I looked at fantasy points.com. They dropped him to RB 23 in dynasty before Ooh. the season started. I mean, he was, still probably a top 10 guy, right? For, for dynasty leagues, you would, you would assume that. So it's, it's interesting if, if I have Zeke and I'm frustrated and I want to move on and I can throw Zeke in a second to somebody for a younger running back or something like that, 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 uh, that I feel more confident in for the long run, I I probably would do it on the flip side. If somebody is like hot potato with, with, with Zeke in their hands and they're saying like, I got to get this guy off my roster and you can send them a wide receiver in a second, a wide receiver that maybe is not super important to your dynasty team, I, I think it still might be worth a shot just because the position for one is so thin, and then for two, he's still their starter. Like Everybody wants to talk about Tony Pollard and, and what he does. Zeke's still going to be the starter next season for the Cowboys. I, I don't think that we're going to see a shift in him going from 18 touches to 10 or something like that, so uh, it, it's, it's, it's a real good push and pull, Narrative for Zeke because again, what can you sell him for? I don't know. Can you buy him for pretty cheap right now? Probably. So, uh, what, what do you what do you think though? Would you would you still try to go get him for for the lower?
0: Yeah, I think I think like you said, I think it just totally depends on a) your team makeup, which every conversation probably does, and then also like what the the manager in your league what their f- opinion is because I think uh, Zeke has definitely become one of those polarizing players where at least like you say on on twitter maybe there's a lot of buzz i think it's just like people wanting you know to crown tony pollard you know the next you know big thing or whatever which i like tony pollard i think he's a great running back i think he has a lot of skills i personally don't think he's ever going to be what zeke was or what even zeke necessarily is i don't think he i think he's a great compliment, and he'll probably have solid flex value next year but I think people are getting ahead of themselves if they're, you know, if they're, they're, they're trying to anoint him as the next, you know, a uh, bell cow running back for Dallas. I think with his contract alone, it tells you that he's probably going to be there at least next year, if not another two years. Um, unless, like I said, the wheels completely fall off. So if he has been banged up and he can get healthy again in the offseason, I think he could be a good value. So a hundred percent, if you can get him for the right price and you're a contender or something like that, and he can be your RB3 or something, I mean, that'd be pretty sweet. Um, sure. but again, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going out and, you know, I'm not going to go out and throw around two firsts and all this sort of stuff to chase him because I don't think, I think his glory days are probably gone. I think he could still be very serviceable and very usable for another year or two at least.
1: You know, iffy situation, I'm just, I'm holding, I'm, I'm with you.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Guys, that was a lot. You were It was like what we would call drinking from a fire hose over here. A lot of information, a lot of stats, a lot of things to think about. And so we're going to do a little palate cleanser. we got a new segment here, got some questions that came in off Twitter. We're going to try and answer those questions, see if we can help you guys out here. First question, everyone. Question. 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 Question.
1: I have a lot of questions. It's a
0: ridiculous question.
1: How dare you? This is so important. I should run to answer it.
0: First question in from Craig Ruth at RotoHeatCraig. Shout out on Twitter. He has a question here about what are you doing with DeAndre Swift on a rebuilding team? So assume two years from contending. So, Nick, I will let you answer this first. What are your thoughts? DeAndre Swift, just for context, is my RB2 in Dynasty. absolutely love the guy. But again, you're a rebuilder. You're two years away from contending. What are you doing?
1: It's a tough question for me because I I am one of – the biggest uh, DeAndre Swift fans or stands, whatever you want to say that there is out there. I also have him as my dynasty RB2. He is my favorite player in the league. I'm a Bears fan, which is a weird thing to say, but I, I have zero interest. I I literally have zero interest of, of moving on from DeAndre Swift, especially if you are building, because if he is for you and I, our dynasty RB2, I mean, we're looking at him being a stud for X amount of years, right? So I, I, I don't think he's a guy that I'm looking at my team and I say, hey, I need to shape my team to be, you know, in a rebuild and, and shift things around. I don't think he's a guy I'm, I'm touching. I think I'm touching everybody but DeAndre Swift. Uh, the O-line, O-line is, is great. When they're healthy, the O-line is great. He gets unbelievable passing work like Eckler. But he is a great rusher. We saw two games of 130-plus rushing yards this year. The guy is unbelievable. Uh, I was a huge fan of him coming out of college. Um, I'm not looking to do anything but keep him as my centerpiece of my rebuild and build around DeAndre Swift because I think that he is going to be an outstanding talent for a very, very long time.
0: So. What I'll do here is I am going to respectfully disagree, and that's just for the sake of giving him context and giving him maybe like different sides of the coin, see what we can sure. see what we can find here. For me personally, now I first of all I want to preface with everything I'm about to say is I 100 percent agree with your um, take on the talent, your take on the situation. I love DeAndre Swift. Obviously, he's my RB2 in Dynasty. Um, but for me personally, if I genuinely believe I'm two years away from contending. And what, with what we've talked about is we just never know. I mean, he could come out next year and break his leg in the first game of the season. Sure. And then all of a sudden he's, he's not 10 or RB 12. So if I'm literally thinking I'm two years away and with what we've talked about, I think a lot of people are on that Kool-Aid where they're really excited about DeAndre Swift, especially if, um, with the high draft capital, maybe they get a better running, you know, better wide receiver. Maybe they get a better quarterback, things like that. There's probably the sky's the limit thoughts here. If I can cash in on that and if I can get like, you know, um, maybe a CD lamb, a first and something else or something like that for Deandre Swift. I'm doing that personally because I want to, if I'm rebuilding, I want to build a core of really young, really solid, wide receivers who are going to age over the next couple of years and be hitting their prime when I'm ready to then contend. And I'm hoping that I can get a 2023 running back, what looks like a great class possibly. So that would be sort of how I would tackle it. Um, but again, not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying that would be my approach because personally, if I'm thinking I'm really, if I'm like, Oh, I'm one or two pieces away, I'd probably hold him Cause I think he's so good. If I'm genuinely convinced it's going to take me two years to get where I need to go. I'm going to try and cash out a peak value. And especially if it's a super flex, see if I can get like a couple of first maybe 2023 first and what looks like a very strong class, but that would, that would be my sort of take on it. Um, Next question we have is from dynasty Dylan at D Wilks 1992 shout out D Wilkes. Thanks for the question. What in the world are we doing with Elijah Mitchell and also tag in part B of the question. Michael Pittman Jr. versus T. Higgins, who you got. So I'm going to flip the script over to to Nick here and let him him tell us what we're doing with Elijah Mitchell and also who's he choosing between those two young stud muffins.
1: So for Elijah Mitchell, uh, this point kind of goes to anybody in the playoffs. I I think the values can continue to rise for only X amount of players right now. And it's the guys in the playoffs because every single one of us are watching these playoff games, right? We're not watching... DeAndre Swift, who we just mentioned, because he's not in the playoffs, right? We're watching Elijah Mitchell now until the 49ers lose. So I I think he is the guy next season. I, I do. I, I truly believe that. I think he looks really good. He looks the part. They are giving him all of the ball. I mean, Jeff Wilson Jr. would have a good week when Elijah was out, and then Elijah Mitchell comes back in, and Jeff Wilson goes straight to the bench, right? So, um, again, I guess it just depends on what you're getting – Offered. I, I've been trying to acquire him, but I think knowing that he's on TV, you know, two Sundays in a row now in front of everybody, it's, it, it's, it's kind of tough. So, um, I would say if you have him, unless somebody's overpaying right now, I'm, I'm probably holding because I think he's the guy next season. It's just, I guess it just depends on what you're getting. And then between the Michael Pittman Jr. and T Higgins, I actually have been a big fan of Pittman this season. He, he's really grown on me a lot the difference between him and Higgins is that he's right now on paper, the wide receiver one and Higgins is not, but I like Joe Burrow a lot. You know, I, I love what Joe Burrow has, has done this season. I love, you know, the fact that T Higgins can have an outstanding game and, and Chase might have a down game, but you just, I guess, I guess if I'm leading the Higgins side, I just have to expect that there's going to be those games where Chase is getting everything or Tyler Boyd's having a good day. Uh, but I, I might, I might lean Higgins, even though I've been a, a big Pittman fan this year. I just I, I don't know if I. I guess it comes down to sometimes Burrow or Wentz. I even if even if Pittman <laughs> is wider receiver one. Uh, but what, what, I'm I'm curious to hear about your uh, your thoughts on those two guys, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely like both. I, I want to preface it with that. I do like both. I would go T Higgins um, for a lot of the reasons you sort of mentioned. T Higgins, I I believe has that alpha gene for lack of a better term. I think he would be the alpha on most teams. He's just an unfortunate quote unquote to be on a team with a generational talent. Um, so I absolutely, I, I have T Higgins just outside my top 12 uh, wide receivers. I think he's like wide receiver 13 or something like that. Whereas Pittman I believe is like wide receiver 18 or 19. So I do like both. I just want to make that clear. But again, yeah, like you said, it's a more, more pass heavy or sorry, more run heavy, uh, scheme over, um, over with the Colts and we talked about Jonathan Taylor obviously and I just don't trust Carson Wentz, and I don't. And I know there might be some movement, and we'll see how things shake and might change. Um, but I don't know what they're going to do to upgrade if they are going to try and move on from Carson Wentz, because so many people want a quarterback at the moment, and they're kind of tied into him because they gave up a first-round pick for him. So they could very well end up running it back with Wentz, and I much prefer Burrow to Wentz overall. Um, but yeah, I agree with Elijah Mitchell. He's really I've really come around on Elijah Mitchell because I wasn't sold on him. I think I still think there's an element of he's a product of the system more than a product of him being an elite talent, but that doesn't matter as much as what matters is what does Kyle Shanahan think? (laughs) And so yeah. as far as we can tell Kyle Shanahan loves him he could easily fall out of love with him again he's very fickle like that but for now I agree with you ride that and enjoy it and but sell if he, if it fits an overpay if somebody's willing to give you like a first and a solid player for him or something like that I'd probably take it but yeah I'm absolutely fine with keeping it and if someone is nervous I'd be absolutely grand like swooping in and trying to get a deal on him as well because I do think I agree with you I think as it stands right now it looks like he will be the guy next year last question real quick here from John McGlynn at John McGlynn 75 shout out John I think this has some potentially personal undertones to the question he's mentioned that he is in a league with you Nick and he says um, he's got Javante Williams who is known in these parts as Javante Bay um, just FYI and he would like to know that if he was going to look at trading him away um, what sort of a haul would he would you expect or what sort of haul would you request so I, I'm, I'm to understand that you've potentially made some inquiries about Javante Bay so I'm not sure if you're uh, you're allowed to answer this question but we we'll We'll throw it to you anyways and see what your honest answer is here.
1: Yeah, John, John's a good guy. He's uh, He lives pretty close to me. We, we met on Twitter, ironically, just from the fantasy football community, and he lives like five minutes away from me. He actually does a show on the P2W Fantasy podcast once every two weeks, but we're in a league together. He sends me like a 1,000 bad offers a week. I, I <laughs> think I might have sent him a pretty, pretty bad one for Javante, but Javante Williams, big fan of his dynasty value, I, I am. But I do think that with all of the hype that's been focused in on him this season, and it's been a lot, I think you can target some some guys that are ranked high in Dynasty for the wide receiver position. And you'll have to kind of feel out the other manager to see, you know, do I have to play, uh, I'm sorry, do I have to pay, you know, Javante plus or could they give me this wide receiver plus? But I mean, if, if I go down the list and I start naming off like, C.D. Lamb and A.J. Brown and uh, Waddles, another guy like, could, could I get Waddle plus or something? Could I get Debo plus? I mean, like, I would be testing the waters for, for those sort of guys, especially like he mentioned in the, the question. I think he said something like he's not a big running back guy for Dynasty. But if I can target one of these young, you know, receivers – um, and make a nice deal out of it. I I would do it, and I think uh, again, Lamb, AJ Brown, Waddle, Debo, DK. I mean, some of those guys. If you can kind of push and pull the other manager, see what you can get.
0: Yeah, I I I love love that answer because for me, I am one of the biggest javonk Bay truthers out there. He's my RB five in Dynasty, Um but I one hundred percent agree that the hype is potentially getting out of control and and, and the way i see this situation going i think is going to be one of those situations that the hype is just going to keep growing in the offseason. i think it's going to take on a life of its own and i think people are going to be you know expecting the moon and just kind of like treating him yeah. as if he's already the RB one or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So I absolutely agree with that. And so what I would do, if it was me, I a hundred, I love what you said about um, Jalen Waddle, even that jumped out to me. I think Waddle is somebody who you, he almost has the inverse effect of Javante, Bay where people are, almost overhyped on Javante compared to what he did and what he could be doing, but they're almost underhyped on Waddle compared to what he did and what he accomplished with a really dysfunctional um, at times, you know, offensive scheme and offensive plan with two offensive coordinators, et cetera, et cetera. So I think Waddle is a huge buy low, even though he's not that cheap. I still think his, the sky's the limit with this guy. Um, So if I could go into the season right before the season, get Jalen Waddle and a 23 first, I mean, I would love that. I would be all over that. And I think you could guys, we still have a little bit more to go so if you've got the patience we've got some more epic information for you and we are going to open up the scriptures see what i did there uh and we're going to look into the the book of the chicago bears dynasty deep dive Nick not only is a great guy and he is full of amazing insights and analysis, as I'm sure you've picked up on the show, he is a Chicago Bears fan, which, you know, no one's perfect. So we'll not hold it against him, but we're just going to hit a couple of guys here because obviously I know that the show has gone on a while here. We don't want to keep you too long, but this is important and it's something we're going to try and hit all the different teams. So first and foremost here, I want to get your take on the QB So the QB, we got Justin Fields here, just a couple of sort of stats, a couple of. Facts and figures here for Justin Fields. He finishes the QB thirty-one, which is not great in twelve games. He only averaged eleven point four points per game. He is twenty-two years old. He's under his rookie contract until twenty twenty-five. As we mentioned last week, Nagy and Pace are out of out of town, out of Chicago. Um, and then, as far as value goes, Dynasty Trade Calculator. He comes in at a thirty-four point three, which is an early first plus. So you'd have to sort of be willing to give up maybe the one hundred one, one hundred two, and you probably need a little something else on top of that. Um, dynasty rankings for dynasty nerds. He's the QB 14. And for me personally, he's the QB 11. So Nick, what are your thoughts as a Chicago faithful? Where are you at with Justin Fields?
1: All right. So I'll, uh, I'll preface all this that I, I am not putting my bears bias in any of this. So this is all fantasy football. <laughs> analysis. I like where this is going. <laughs> yeah. But Justin Fields, I am extremely high on. Uh, I, I just did a startup with a bunch of other analysts uh, from the community um, and I took him in, a, in the second of a super flex. I, I'm extremely high in him. And, and the reason why is uh, small glimpse, nine games above 70% of the snaps. So those are nine games he played for most of the game. Four of them were top 10 weeks as a rookie, as a rookie who got hit way too much this year for one, had some weird situation where we had an old, uh, you know, top 12 fantasy wide receiver that was, pretty absent for the year. And we had uh, a coaching staff that was not utilizing Justin Fields the way he should have been uh, for, for a good chunk of the season, but seeing him be a top 10 guy four times out of nine true games. And then we saw some glimpses of uh, a good completion percentage 70.4. He had in one week, and then he had a week where he threw for 291 passing yards. He had a week where he ran the ball for 103 rushing yards. So there's these glimpses of, Hey, This guy can throw the ball for high yardage. This guy can score through the air and on the ground. This guy can run for 100 yards in a given day. So seeing those glimpses just makes me excited for him in the future. So what he's got to do, though, is limit the turnovers. Too many turnovers this year. Uh, The interceptions were not a good look for him. Uh, The fumbles sometimes, too. They're probably going to add another wide receiver to pair with Mooney. I'm excited about Justin Fields. I, I truly think that. Dynasty-wise, he's a top-10 guy for, for me just because of that dual threat ability and what that does. We saw what sort of year Jalen Hurts had. I think Justin Fields is a better passer than Jalen Hurts, I mean, I, and, I, and I like Jalen Hurts, so I'm excited about him.
0: Love it. Love it. I agree. A I, um, couple things I wanted to actually throw in there as well, uh, just to your point is – You know, the crazy thing is, I mean, we think that he had a really disappointing year and he did in a lot of ways, um, but we can't put that all on him. I think personally, I think Nagy was a terrible head coach. I think Pace isn't a great GM, but that's neither here nor there. Um, You know, there was a lot of problems with a lot of the situations, like you mentioned with Allen Robinson being basically AWOL all season. But the crazy thing to me is, did you know when you probably did because you're you're a genius, but um, he actually finished fourth in rushing yards as 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 Q, for qbs as a rookie i, player I did not know that i did games. not know that that's
1: that's insane
0: that's insane so konami code quarterbacks are a game changer game wrecker for um for fantasy football and absolutely he has that he has the konami code he's finished fourth which is just insane because he was i mean basically like most of his, his points came from rushing um he he literally finished fourth with rushing yards as a rookie in only 12 games, which actually made me think. And I started thinking about somebody else who has a really big arm can throw the ball really well, rushes really well, but was a bit unrefined as a rookie. Have you ever heard of a guy called Josh Allen?
1: I I, once or twice, it does sound familiar.
0: (laughs) So as we all know, Josh Allen came into the league, a very raw, rough around the edges. I don't know what you want to call him prospect for lack of a better term. Now, interestingly enough, he started 12 games as well. So the exact same amount. So it's not a perfect analogy, but I want to go through some stats here and play Josh Allen or Justin Fields. And the reason I'm doing this is because I think he has a similar range of outcomes potentially. I'm not promising Josh Allen in a year or two, but what I want to highlight is, they have some very similar characteristic traits. They're very good leaders. The people respond well to them. They're um, they have great character. They work really hard. They both have that running Konami code and they both have big arms, good deep balls. So in 12 games, rookie seasons, who had the better QBR rating? Do you think?
1: I think uh, Josh Allen. did.
0: Nope. Justin Fields. So it was 73.2 to 67.9. So Fairly good, uh, fairly substantial um, increase over over Josh Allen's QB rating uh, as a rookie. So what about completions, who have more completions, do you think, Josh Allen or Justin Fields?
1: I'll go Justin Fields.
0: It was Josh Allen, but only by 10. So over he had 169 two. versus 159. Um, Josh Allen had 320 attempts, though, versus... 270 for Justin Fields. So he had a good few more attempts as well. But who do you think was more accurate as a rookie? Who had better completion percentage, Josh Allen or Justin Fields?
1: Justin Fields.
0: Yes. 52.8% for Josh Allen, 58.9% for Justin Fields. And yards per attempt. Who do you think was had a greater yards per attempt?
1: I think Josh Allen.
0: Justin Fields. So 6.5 yards per attempt for Josh Allen, 6.9. Nice for Justin Fields. And who threw more interceptions as a rookie, Justin Fields or Josh Allen?
1: I'll go Fields.
0: Josh Allen. So Josh Allen threw 12 interceptions. Justin Fields only threw 10. And Justin Fields was sacked 36 times versus 28 for Josh Allen. So again, I just thought that was really interesting to kind of pull out those variables where sometimes we get so, we so easily write off. And it happened to Josh Allen. I was getting so much good value on Josh Allen, his coming into his second season because people were like, he's a bum. He can't pass. He's got a low completion percentage. He threw a load of interceptions. He's not very good. He plays for Buffalo. What are you going to do? And I absolutely think Justin Fields is a big buy low. I think he's got a lot of potential. I really think that he's a better player prospect potentially than josh allen was even coming into the league now i don't know how that plays out i don't know that he's going to be a top three you know quarterback in the league or anything like that but 100 percent agree with you i'm all about trying to get a discount on justin fields so moving on to wide receivers here i was going to talk about Allen robinson um he had a really disappointing season but he is a free agent and nick do you think Allen robinson comes back
1: no, absolutely not. I don't think he. I don't think he wants to come back. I don't think the organization wants him to come back.
0: Moving on to a wide receiver that I am excited about and I do love is Darnell Mooney, who I was really high on preseason. So I feel like that was a win for me. He finishes the wide receiver twenty-seven with twelve point two points per game. He's only twenty-four years old. He is under his rookie contract till twenty twenty-four. Dynasty Trade Calculator actually says he would probably be like a late first. Again, this is a 12 team super flex league we're talking about. Um, Dynasty Nerds has him way down at wide receiver 53, which I feel like is a bit disrespectful. I've got him up at wide receiver 30 because I am trying to be re- realistic and not get too hyped on somebody that I do really love. But what are your thoughts on Darnell Mooney? Are you a fan? Are you not so much? Or where are you doing? What are you doing with him? Are you looking to move off him? Are you looking to acquire him or just hold on?
1: I try. I mean, I, I would definitely try to acquire him because I, I feel like, I feel like if, if the value for others is around that wide receiver 53 mark or something along those lines, after he finished inside the top 30, then uh, I'm, tr- I'm trying to get him because I, I feel, you know, he was impressive this year, four games above 120 receiving yards. Uh, he had some games where he had some hyper targets. He had a high target percentage for his team, um, five games above uh, 18 fantasy points. So, uh, I think that his skill set and Justin Fields' skill set really mesh nicely together. And I think that says a lot for the dynasty value because what people forget, you know, we focus so much on Justin Fields' running ability that we don't, you know, remember at Ohio State, this guy can push the ball down the field. And Darnell Moody could be a big time downfield vertical threat. At the same note, when you have a running quarterback, that opens things up across the field as is. So I think that they're skill sets really mesh nicely and I do think the Bears are going to bring in someone else will that person be you know the one or will it be like a 1A 1B with Mooney not sure but if someone is valuing Mooney as a flex play instead of a wide receiver two or three I'm going after him
0: yeah hundred percent a couple things I just wanted to highlight because I do love Mooney. He's one of my one of my fave players, even though he's a rival. Um, he had 140 targets this year, which is insane. Um, that's a lot of targets. Like That's yeah. wide receiver one type targets. Um, he was 11th in targets and target share, which is, again, you're talking wide receiver, fringe wide receiver one. Um, and with wide receivers, one thing I believe in is just chasing volume as well. Like If someone's getting a lot of targets, there's usually a reason why they're getting all those targets. Keenan Allen, Deontay Johnson, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, think those kind of players. Um, I'm not saying he's he's in that level of player, but he's he's very good. I think he's underrated. Uh, he was 14th in deep targets. To your point, Justin Fields is a great deep passer, so we would hope that with a good you know coach coming in, hopefully fingers crossed, um, and a full off season there with him, him plugged in as the starter, that they're going to be able to really connect on those deep deep balls. Because one thing that I thought was really interesting is tar- his target quality rating was 57th, which is not great out of so out of wide receivers he was 57th on the list for target quality and unrealized air yards he was actually ninth on the list with 815 unrealized air yards so he he had a 75% catchable target rate which was again 56th in the league so what that tells me is there's a bit of work to be done on his side but there's also a bit of work to be done on field side so I think if there were and I think Darnell Mooney same as Justin Fields are really hard workers and I think they have that work ethic so if you get a halfway decent coach in there I think there could be even a I don't think he's hit a ceiling yet I guess is my point he's not I don't think wide receiver 27 is necessarily his ceiling I think he could still easily be a mid wide receiver two easily um so yeah I'm 100% a buy if you can get him for a decent price um I don't think he's a sell necessarily because I don't think anybody people seem to be undervaluing rather than overvaluing him now at tight end we have one Cole Komet who interestingly enough actually tweeted this out today he was (laughs) <laughs> he he was somehow 8th in targets for tight ends and had zero touchdowns that's insane he had wow. like 90 i believe in the season for the whole season he had like 94 targets and didn't get a touchdown which is wild um, but he was number six for snap share as well which is great number seven in unrealized air yards again that ties in with mooney how there's some work to be done he finishes the tight end 21 so people who are looking at just the end of your finishes are going to be disappointed in him but he's only 22 years old he's very young tight ends generally do take a little bit of time to develop plus we had jimmy grandpa hanging around vulturing the touchdowns unfortunately he's under rookie contract until 2024 so you've got that great little sort of uh, trifecta there of Mooney, Comet, and Fields that are hopefully going to grow into, um, you know, a really nice little offensive masterclass there next season. Um, and, and the great thing is he's he seems to be very cheap at looking at Dynasty Trade Calculator. He comes in as like a late second round pick. Like you could probably get him for a second. And that's in a tight end premium league. Um, Dynasty Nerds has him at tight end 19. So maybe not too high on him. I'm up at tight end 14. So I'm a borderline tight end one for him. I'm really liking Cole Komet. What are your thoughts on him?
1: Yeah, so for commit, one of the big things that I said earlier on um before the season started, I think it might have been on Bear Goggles on for an article or something, but I said that the yardage was was really bad last year and the games that he was getting targets. So that actually changed this year. We saw some good glimpses of him actually stretching the field a bit more. He had three games of sixty-five plus receiving yards. Last year he was getting like four catches for twenty-five yards or something like that. So that piece looks like it's changed. The the other good sign you mentioned before, the targets are, are good. I mean, uh, for the tight end position, I think that's might be the most important thing to me. I mean, touchdowns are important, you know, receiving yards. But, like, having a steady target share is one of the most important things for me for fantasy, for for tight end. So, so that's good, too. The missing piece, like you said, is touchdowns. I mean, he, he didn't score this year. Um, the red zone, he actually got some looks in the red zone and was not efficient with, with making some plays, you know, some plays were thrown behind him, but uh, I think you said 14, I, I probably have him around 12. So I'm probably pretty close to you are, but knowing that he's a good piece of this offense, he's grown in a year. I, 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 I like him as a guy that probably can be stashed on your team as your second tight end, but could potentially end up being a, a weekly guy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Love it. I think we're on the same page there. And then lastly here, I do want to, I want to get your take on it actually, because I'm, I'm just very, Meh on this player (laughs) I don't have any Strong feelings either way But it is The running back David Montgomery Uh, He did finish At the RB20 this year 14.3 points per game He's 24 years old He is under his Rookie contract still Till 2023 And he comes in On dynasty trade Calculators around A late first round pick So there could be Some disappointed Or frustrated um, managers That would just be Willing to part ways With him If you've got the 110, 111 Maybe something like that Dynasty nerds He's RB19 I'm RB19 on him So kind of low end RB19 RB two for me personally, but what are your thoughts on him? Do you have um, anything that can sway me and make me feel more passionate about David Montgomery?
1: You know, uh, I, I agree that he he's, he's a very strange person to talk about when it comes to value, because I feel like if you have them, you're not really going to sell them for cheap, but then on the flip side, like if I want to go get him, I'm not going to like overpay for David Montgomery. It's a, it's a, it's a weird push and pull for, for his value. But I will say, the thing that stands out is you know touches matter right for for the running back position six games with 20 or more carries and he also had some games with uh, with five plus catches so he does get a ton of work he does have some nice games i would say personally i would be comfortable if he's if i had a stud running back like we we talked about Jonathan Taylor if i had Jonathan Taylor and then Montgomery's my my second running back. And then I have, you know, some other guys that I can flex at the running back position or, or whatever the case is. I think I'm fine with it. Um, but I, I'm with you. It's it, it's a weird, like, I'm not going to sell him for cheap. I'm not going to go buy him for a ton. But I think I'm comfortable if I have JT, another running back, and Monty is my, like, back back uh, backfield just because you know he's going to get potentially 20 touches in a game
0: so Um, i think he'll just be solid you know for the next couple years but nothing spectacular so again that was that was great thanks very much for that we're going to start wrapping things up here because i know it's been going on quite a while and i don't want nick to beat me up because he's very fit he works out all the time so i'm (laughs) scared of him word of the week So Nick, you are a cool dude and I'm going to give you a bit of a word of Northern Irish slang here that you can use at the gym uh, when you're hanging out with your bros and, you know, just impress them with your knowledge of foreign, foreign affairs. So I'm going to give you the word, not going to tell you what it means. I'll get you to guess, see what you think it means and see if you can try and use it in a sentence and then I'll, then I'll shed light on it. So the word this week is dander. So do you have any idea what dander would mean or what, how you could use that in a sentence? So you
1: said it's Dan is it, it's dunder
0: sorry it's my accent dander
1: Dan, all right Dan, dander <laughs> no, but uh um I would say it means it's like a, a dander dander uh man I would say how is they if somebody asked me how how was the Party can i just up. say
0: like i love how tilted you are over this this is great like oh, i think man, this I, is the I, most i know the most know like panic anybody's stupid. been on the show so this is brilliant <laughs>
1: yeah i know i know i'm gonna sound stupid so but uh dander uh if somebody asked me how how was that party you went to last night and i'm like ah, i was at Dander time that that's that's
0: how it, <laughs> way of i see what you're doing i see what you're doing like, there you're sort of like you're like linking it in with Dandy, aren't you? Sort of like you're. I like think dandy. so. I yeah, think so. Yeah. No. So for us, dander is literally just like going for like a walk, like a wonder You're like wondering, like I'm just going to go for oh, a dander. Okay. So right. maybe you're gonna go clear your head. I'm just gonna go for a dander here, have a think. Um. So in the mornings when it's like four thirty and I'm sleeping and you're gonna have a dander down to the gym. Oh yeah. yeah. Um. So you're just having a wander down to the gym to get your workout on for the FF Fit Club. So um. Right. But that's where. Right. Really, so thanks very much, you no, know, for being a good sport about that. Apologies for putting you on the spot. Um, oh. No. I did, play, I did enjoy it a little bit, I'll be honest. Um, but, yeah, thank <laughs> you so much for coming on the show. Apologies I went so long here. Um, but, guys, I think there was a lot of really good information. As you can tell, like I said at the top, no nonsense. Nick comes with the heat every time. He's not frills and fluff. He's got some good stats, figures. He's right right to the point, great analyst. And thank you so much for taking time to come on here. Don't forget to, if you are on Twitter, give him a follow at P to w fantasy um check out his podcast and all the content that he puts out it's always top notch is there anything you want to plug anything you want to shout out there nick before we go
1: uh, no you can uh, like uh like evan said you can find me on, on twitter most of my content is uh pushed out through there um go go live uh usually once a week sometimes twice a week uh, throw out some different infographics uh, do stuff for fantasy points um, every now and then. But, uh, yeah, appreciate you having me on, man. Uh, the, an hour and a half flew by. We talked a lot, uh, about a lot of good stuff, had some – had some laughs, but a lot of good, a lot of good info. I think this is a really good episode uh, to listen to. So thanks for having me on, man.
0: Yeah, definitely. Thanks for coming on, buddy. It was an absolute pleasure. Welcome back anytime. And folks, hope you have a great week. Hope you take time to really think about some of the stuff we talked about. Reach out if you have any questions. Um, thanks for sending in your questions there. Uh, hopefully we give you some answers that you can actually use. And don't forget to go and take a dander and clear your head now and then. <music>